Refuted episode 28. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. Faith and Beliefs Refuted exists for essentially me to take and refute the claims of Mormonism that it is actually a Christian faith. So, what we've been doing, uh, just to fill you in if this is your first time watching, uh, the Saints Unscripted podcast presents a once or twice a week uh, presentation called Faith and Beliefs, where they take uh, LDS beliefs and explain them and try to pass them off as biblical Christian beliefs. I don't argue whether or not these are actually what the Mormons believe. I will uh, mention once or twice whether it's something that has changed since I was a Mormon, um, till now, because many things have, uh, and I will also explain what the true biblical uh, viewpoint of those specific teachings are. So just a little something to fill you in on what we do and why I'm doing this. Uh, the David and the Saints Unscripted, which is, as far as I know, funded by the LDS Church. I don't know 100% if that's true or not. That's what I've heard. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but they are, I don't even know if they're actually official representatives of the church or not. They would probably say they're not. That's generally their, their plausible denial. Well, we're not general authorities. We're not official representatives, but they uh, publicly present what the church believes. So I publicly refute whether or not those beliefs are actually Christian and fall in line with what the Bible teaches. So that being said, this week David is going to talk to us about whether or not the Book of Mormon is evil um, and may have been inspired by the devil. So we will go ahead and we'll jump in and we'll let him go and as always we may get an ad that pops through in here which we sometimes do but hopefully we can just let this play and let it go. So here we go. I believe the Book of Mormon is true. Those who don't believe it, though, have to find a justification in their minds for how Joseph Smith could have invented the book. Recently, an acquaintance of mine was explaining one of his possible theories. He said that maybe Joseph did indeed have supernatural help writing the book, but help from Satan, not God. Let's dive into that theory a little more. All right, let's pause for just a minute there. Uh, the fact that you have to come up in your mind some plausible reason why how joseph smith came up with it well there are plenty of plausible reasons or plausible explanations of how joseph smith came up with the book of mormon i mean it's obviously that he plagiarized much of the the bible he obviously plagiarized other books that existed in his day there's pretty pretty good evidence 
mounted up against the Book of Mormon in that vein. Uh, lots of people write lots of books. Joseph Smith was not stupid. So there are a lot of valid uh, explanations of how Joseph Smith came up with it. This could actually be one of them, and we'll discuss that as he goes through. So we'll let him go. There's this great bit in the New Testament in Mark where the people see Christ casting out devils. The people are amazed, but some of them are also a little suspicious. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. And Christ says back, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. In other words, Satan is never going to inspire you to follow God. He's never going to tell you to do something that just makes his life more difficult. What have I done? It's not necessarily true. Um, Satan will encourage you to follow a false god. And that is what is very important in this uh, situation. Um, I've made points in the past. Uh, we had a a girl in our church in Colorado. I guess I should look at the camera now. Bear with me. I'm working on lighting and I'm working on stuff. I'm in a new little podcast studio in the basement as we've moved things around in the house. We've had some more people move in with us. So, uh, again, just bear with me. I know that there's it's a little bright over here and I'll be working on that lighting. Um, so, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. When I pastored a church in Colorado, we had a girl that uh, was manic. She was bipolar, and she would go through these phases, but she would get these, actually some of which were really great ideas of ministry opportunities, things that she could do to uh, minister to the youth in the church, to minister to people around her in her neighborhoods and so on. And then she would she would just go through all these different things and uh, other things that would pop up and, and overshadow the, the things that, that I really felt like God may have been calling her to do. Satan will use God's stuff to keep you from doing the stuff that God really wants you to do. He'll overwhelm you. He can, there, there's all kinds of ways that he'll keep you busy to where you're not doing what it is that, that God has called us to do. Um, especially one of those things would be sharing the gospel. If Satan can get you all caught up in doing other things that may be worthwhile, but at the cost of sharing the gospel. I mean, one of the things that, uh, that Satan loves to do is convince you that you should wait until you share the gospel with people um, by becoming good friends or any of those things. And I, I, I truly think that, that that's that's a deception from from satan i think that we can share the gospel immediately and i think it's important that we build relationships that we with the people potentially most of the people we share the gospel with there are people that will share the gospel with that we'll never see again but i believe but i don't believe we have to build that relationship first to earn the right to share the gospel so those are things that satan can use that are kind of god things to prevent you from doing the the most important thing, which is sharing the gospel with people. So of that made a little bit of sense, but let's let David continue on. 
It's true that he can appear to you as an angel of light, but with the purpose of tricking you into doing or believing something wrong. You deserve to be punished. If an angel appears to you and says... I don't know what all the Harry Potter uh, things are, but... Here again, if uh, Satan appears as an angel of light, and he's going to make a comment here about other angels, and if an angel says to you something, um, yeah, and if an angel comes to you and says Jesus is Lord, yeah, you, you can probably rely on that statement. But if an angel comes to you and shares a gospel, and Paul makes this very clear, shares a gospel that is different than what has been taught, then he is to be anathema. That is, it's not an angel, that's probably a demon. It's probably from Satan um, spreading a false gospel, which is what Mormons do. Jesus Christ is your savior, rest assured, that's probably not Satan. But if an angel appears and says something like, Christ is meh, you should probably worship me, or money is all that matters, or mom jeans are the best, that's when you really have to worry. So let's... Again, Satan doesn't necessarily want people to worship him. He wants people to not worship God. He doesn't necessarily want people to desire money or those things. He wants people to not worship God. Mom jeans, that's a funny comment, but Satan truly wants people to not worship God. And by presenting a false Christ, a false gospel, and a false God, he accomplishes that. And that could have been done. That could have been something that he did through the the writing and publication and presentation and uh, I can't think of anything else uh, that starts with the P, but legacy of what the Book of Mormon has created. It has created a false church with a false Christ, with a false God, and a false gospel. Take that principle from the Bible and apply it to the Book of Mormon. Now, a lot of people, unfortunately, make up their minds about the Book of Mormon well before even reading it. They'll hear something about it from their pastor, or they'll look up problems with the Book of Mormon, or, heaven forbid, they'll watch an episode about it on South Park, and that's as far as their study goes. Well, let's make this very clear. I, my opinion of the Book of Mormon was formed by reading the Book of Mormon. It wasn't something that my pastor told me. It wasn't something that I saw and never watched an entire episode of South Park ever. Um, and it wasn't something that I found by looking up anti-Mormon literature. I was once LDS. I had a testimony of the Book of Mormon. I read it. I prayed about it. I had a burning in my bosom, and I believed it to be true until the evidence began to mount that it was false, until I started to notice the things that were wrong. I'll partially, as I, I left the LDS church because of other reasons, but there were things I, I saw the evidence that the Book of Mormon was not true. So this is, is not really a true statement. It could be for some people. Some people may have, uh, and I don't think everybody needs to read the Book of Mormon to for the, form their opinion. That's why we have guys like me and Aaron, uh, and I won't butcher Aaron's last name, but Aaron and Jeff Durbin and James White and Walter Martin, who, who wrote the definitive uh books and so on on the kingdom of the cults and the Mormonism and so on the Mormonism. Um, so 
Yeah, it's not necessarily a true statement, and people don't need to read the Book of Mormon to find out for themselves. There are plenty of people who have done that for them and are reliable and have given uh, true statements. But I am not one of those people. I re I've read the Book of Mormon multiple times, cover to cover, um, been given prizes and things for doing it in a year. So there you go. But as we actually look at what the Book of Mormon teaches, ask yourself, if you're a religious person, is this something inspired of God or of Satan? Would Satan say something like this? Because And see, and that's not necessarily true. It doesn't necessarily need to be inspired of God or Satan. It just doesn't need to be, it just needs to be proven not true, untrue. I mean, whether or not we think it's something, some people think that Harry Potter is inspired of God. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't think, God inspired Harry Potter, but uh, God inspired the Bible. We know that, but it, it's not a matter of going, well, is this something God would say? Well, it's, it's not necessarily it. We don't need to look at the Book of Mormon and go, is it inspired of God or of Satan? Is this something Satan would say? I mean, if it is going to lead people astray and away from the true God, the true gospel and the true Christ, then absolutely it is something that Satan would say, even if that means saying things that appear to be true about God. It has to be one or the other. Here's just a sampler. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Platter of verses. We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. Which Christ, David? Which Christ? The Christ who was created, who was a created being uh, from a sexual union between God, Elohim, and one of his wives? That Christ? That's, that's not the Christ of the Bible. That's a false Christ. And if Satan can get someone to follow that Christ through these words, then absolutely Satan would inspire that. And now, my sons, remember, remember, it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe, because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon, if men build, they cannot fall. Again, which Christ? Lucifer's brother? I know you guys hate that one. You, you, but ultimately... You are, you are presenting a Christ. This book presents a Christ who is the brother of Lucifer, not the creator of Lucifer. And, and whether or not you go, well, Lucifer fell and he's no longer really Jesus' brother, blah, blah, blah. You still don't recognize that Jesus created all things and Lucifer was one of those things he created. He is not a, the fallen... Uh, sinful brother of Christ. He is the create the fallen creation of God, of Christ. Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. The Christ who is not God from beginning to beginning, who's not the Alpha and the Omega, who is, is not from all eternity, who is not co eternal with the Father, who is not one the one of one person of the triune God. If if that's the cry, if you're not following after that Christ, 
then yes, Satan absolutely would have said something like this to lead someone to Christ who doesn't have the power to save. Believe in God. Believe that he is and that he created all things both in heaven and in earth. Believe that he has all wisdom and all power both in heaven and in earth. But the God that you believe in doesn't have all wisdom. He has to continue to gain wisdom. He doesn't have all wisdom. He's continually learning. He is always learning. He's not all-knowing. He's not almighty. He's not omniscient. The God that, that, that this book leads to does not meet even this scripture. And absolutely Satan would 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 say this and inspire this to be written if it would lead somebody to a God that is nothing but a, a figment of the imagination of a farm boy from mid-1800 New York. Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I said unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. Even if an angel should come to you and share, preach to you a gospel which we did not preach, he is to be anathema. That's what Paul said. He said, even if an angel comes to you and shares a gospel that isn't what we preached, and that is what the Book of Mormon and the Mormon church does. They present to you a gospel that Paul and the apostles never preached. They preach a, a gospel of works. They preach a gospel of... of um, impotence of universalism they they preach a gospel that that allows for everybody to without repentance gain some level of heaven or another um, and those who who work and and gain their own exaltation through the works that they do will be exalted with the father and become gods none of this is in the gospel of uh, that any of the apostles taught Whosoever shall put their trust in God shall be supported in their trials and their troubles and their afflictions and shall be lifted up at the last day. Whoever puts their trust in a false God, the false God of Mormonism, will be will will stand before Christ on the last day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? And he'll look to them and he'll say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Wherefore, whoso believeth in God might with surety hope for a better world, yea, even a place at the right hand of God, which hope cometh of faith, maketh an anchor to the souls of men, which would make them sure and steadfast. Again, this is a God that has, has progressed and continues to progress and who was not eternal and who had a father before him and who had a father before him and who had a father before him. And there is nothing sure or steadfast about the God of Mormonism. And if you suspect I'm just cherry picking the good parts here, the Book of Mormon references Jesus Christ 3,925 times. That's Interesting that 3,900 number, which is very close to the number of changes that's been made to the Book of Mormon over, over the centuries. But again, it doesn't matter if it, it references Christ 10,000 times. It's a false Christ that is referenced. It's an average of one reference to Christ every 1.7 verses. I wish I could just... Every 1.7 verses, it refers to a false Christ. Satan loves that read you the whole thing right now 
But whether or not you believe the historicity of the Book of Mormon, there can be no doubt that this book testifies and teaches that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He lived, suffered for our sins, died, and was resurrected. Either it's an elaborate plot by Satan, the kind which Christ himself said doesn't make any sense at all, or it's inspired of God. I'm not telling you what to believe, but hopefully based on the theme of the Book of Mormon that these verses outline, you understand a little more why Latter-day Saints are proud to call the Book of Mormon another testament of Jesus Christ. If you have questions, drop them in the comments. Okay, so it doesn't, it's a false choice. It's a, it's a false dichotomy that it has to be one or the other. It's essentially what it is, is it's a figment of the imagination of a, a teenage mid-18th, or mid-1800s, uh, farm boy from New York who was not stupid, who had full capability of writing a, 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 the novel that he wrote, plagiarizing much of the Bible and plagiarizing, plagiarizing other people's stories. Um, was it inspired by Satan? Possibly. But it doesn't necessarily need to be one or the other, and it absolutely was not inspired by God. And and again, it doesn't matter how many times it references Christ. You can say all those things about about Christ being the Savior and so on and, and, and may line up with bits and pieces of the Bible, but the fact of the matter is the, the, the Jesus of the Mormon Church does not meet up with everything that the Bible says it deviates. And thus it is a, one of the many one of the false crises that Christ himself said would appear. And so, Satan may have inspired it. It's a possibility. Satan will absolutely inspire something that leads people to a false Christ. That's why we have to share the gospel with those people who will hear it. Christian, if you're watching this, please make it a point. First off, Mormon, if you're watching this, if you're LDS, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you're watching this, investigate what I've said. Don't take my word for it. Look into the fact that Joseph Smith plagiarized from the book of Isaiah nearly 25,000 words from the, the King James Bible, 13,000 of those from the book of Isaiah. Investigate the fact that he plagiarized from other sources of books that were available in his day. Investigate the fact that he wasn't stupid. He wasn't unintelligent. He had two teachers as parents. And so he was very capable of writing the book that he wrote. Mormon, uh, please, if, if, if you're watching this, investigate the truth. Investigate who Christ is. It doesn't matter if your Book of Mormon references Christ, again, 10,000 times. If it's referencing a false Christ, then, then in the last days, Jesus will say, I never knew you. Christian, if you're watching this, we need to be vigilant in, in sharing the gospel with our, our LDS neighbors and ev all of our neighbors. We need to be preaching the gospel and calling people to repentance, faith, and trust in Jesus Christ. And as always, we need to preach the gospel at all times and we need to use words. They are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.